0: Okay, welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Julie Keel, and my co-host is Jeff Sire.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Oh, This week we're going to be talking about the movie, I guess, 1984. There is a book, of course, and uh, did not have time to read that, but uh, oh. did have a chance to take in the movie. And IMDB, you know, the, the Internet's most famous uh, movie database, is... Um, they, they summarize the story as uh, George Orwell's novel of a totalitarian future society in which a man whose daily work is rewriting history tries to rebel by falling in love. Oh, gosh, that so does not tell you anything about exactly. 1984.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think you can sum that story up in a
0: sentence. You know, I actually Googled, you know, summary, or 1984 summary. Oh, my gosh, you got everything from the cliff notes to Ph.D. dissertations to, you know, it was just, yeah. nothing was short. Oh. I, I did come up against uh, something relatively short on Wikipedia, and... um I'm going to go ahead and and read that real quick because you know I, I I have to admit I'm guilty. I'm sure I read 1984 you know in high school or something, and uh, had never seen the movie before. And 1984 has become part of our vernacular. I mean, we, there's references to I mean, people know about sure, right. 1984 even if they've never seen the movie, read the book, and
1: people people talk about things that that are brought up and originated in, in nineteen eighty four and don't even know it. Like when you hear about news speak and yep. uh I think double talk might have even come from that. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot of phraseology that get that originated there that people might not even realize they're using.
0: Yeah. Matter of fact, the, the, on Wikipedia, I believe that there is a list of those terms um, in there, but let me just quick read this. It's not going to take too long to read, although it looks horrible on a page, but um, it says 1984 is a novel by George Orwell published in 1949. That's important. The fact that it was published in 1949 is important. It's a dystopian novel about Oceania, a society ruled by the oligarchical dictatorship of the party. Life in Oceania, province of Airstrip One, which essentially is Britain, um, is a world of perpetual war, pervasive government surveillance, and incessant public mind control. Accomplished with a political system, euphemistically named English Socialism, uh, or shortened to Ingsoc. Which is administered by a privileged inner party elite. Yet they too are subordinated to the totalitarian cultive of personality of Big Brother, the deified party leader who rules with a philosophy that decries individuality and reason as thought crimes. Thus, the people of Oceania are subordinated to a supposed collective greater good. The protagonist, Winston Smith, uh, is a member of the outer party who works for the Ministry of Truth, known as mini True, which is responsible for propaganda and historical revisionism. His job is to rewrite past newspaper articles so that the historical record is congruent with the current party ideology. Uh, Because of the childhood trauma of the destruction of his family, I believe in an atomic war, the disappearance of his parents and sister, Uh, Winston Smith secretly hates the party and dreams of rebellion against Big Brother. So that's a little more about what actually happened.
1: Right. Which and interestingly enough, that more full uh description mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about falling in love, which was kind of the the, uh, the it, main point that or the torture? Of, the, of the of the IMDb. I mean, I yeah. swear
0: half the movie was torture, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I you know, having this vague uh remembrance of 1984 um, I was—I don't know the right word here. I'm—I'm I'm flirting with shocked and disappointed by the movie because it was so not what. I don't say it wasn't what I expected it to be, but you know, when you talk about Big Brother and yeah. thought crimes and those things, I—you know—literally, it was like. You know, watching the guy at work, watching the guy fall in love, watching the guy get tortured for two hours. And it's like, yeah. mm, where's, I, no, no, that's not what I expected. So yeah, you- See,
1: I'm, I'm like you. Like, I, I read it in high school, but I never saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's been, a, you know, it's been a long time since high school. And uh, I was thinking, this would be a great movie because it, it's written in 49. It makes all these predictions about the future. And a future which is now our past so i All thought right. this would, that would fit really well with us unfortunately there's almost n- nothing tech wise <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> it like there the very little other like because it is so dystopian like there's you know it, it's almost archaic to us a lot of the the living conditions that they have
0: right and you know it's interesting because having gone back and talked about metropolis and now 1984 I'm it's this is a curious thing in sci-fi that I really can't kinda hadn't identified before but these are quote-unquote futuristic books that basically are frozen in the current point in time Right. metropolis dealt with the future with 1920s technology Um, 1984 is dealing with the future with 1940s technology um, yeah. You know, even in the movie, which was done in 1984, they chose, they I mean, this is always a choice, to use essentially 1940s technology, like the, the, the Big Brother telescreens. Yeah. Um, these were not 1984 televisions, these were 1940, you know, tube, you know, remember yeah. the, the, the curved glass and the rounded corners i mean it was all that early television technology um so you know that was an interesting choice by the movie makers because they certainly could have done made other choices sure and and the same with the phone system i don't know if you got that no
1: it was like a almost like a uh like a walkie not even a walkie talkie like a cb mic with a little cone on it
0: you know what it reminded me of speaking of sci-fi and um Battlestar Galactica. Yes, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> the same old-fashioned phone. It's yeah. it's like military phones. I mean, really, it's, yeah. it's uh, so you know when you talk about phone the the tech in 1984, you're right. There wasn't a lot of tech, um, and and that alone is um, is a statement on tech. I think you know the idea that. Uh, this was supposed to be set in the future, but nothing really changed. And somehow, tech was—you know—they're essentially controlling tech as well. Uh, as, you know. Uh,
1: there, there are a few things. Like, I, I think it's, uh, and, and you do hear this in connection with the term "big brother." Like the whole thing that uh, everybody's under surveillance all the time. Yes. Uh, and particularly with this being a story written by an, you know, an English person. With the way things are now in the city of London with their CCTVs, yeah, and you're like, yeah, you're like, just on your walk to work, you would be captured by a hundred different cameras.
0: Yeah, you know, um, and the, the pervasiveness of that big brother, the fact that it, I mean, the Ministry of Truth was a precursor to the cubicle farm. Right. And in every cubicle was a telescreen. And Big Brother literally was glaring at you the entire day, um, and so you you dare not, you know, blink or sleep or, you know, scratch your nose or anything. Um, and and what's interesting too, as far as the tech of that or maybe the psychology of that, is is it was that same constant picture of Big Brother glaring at you. Um, there was no. Um, you know, change in that. Occasionally, the the in the movie they would go to lyceums, gatherings, you know, and so then they would they would have a, a essentially a war. Um, what did they call them? In the- it was like a rally. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Propaganda yeah. show is what it was. Yeah. Um, so it was like a
1: mandatory attendance. I think that might have been at at his, at a, at the workplace too.
0: Yeah. And so that was, it was like the only time a screen was ever used that didn't have Big Brother on it, you know. But the 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 thing that isn't obvious from the movie and probably is better handled in the book is that um, those are two-way screens. <laughs> right. You know, you're staring at Big Brother, and somebody's on the other side staring at you, apparently. Yeah.
1: And, well, you you did get it when he was doing his morning calisthenics, and they actually... Uh, stopped the woman that was right. on the TV. Stopped and directed him that he wasn't uh, touching his toes right. good enough or whatever it was she said. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. And I and I think if, uh, it's been a few days, weeks, whatever since I've watched it. Um, wasn't there one time when essentially the picture of Big Brother was you know kind of faded away and somebody else came on and said your presence was required or you know it was like basically a, a message. I don't remember
1: that. I remember they talked to him. Yeah, uh, through it, but I don't remember the picture fading away.
0: Okay, so it was maybe it was just audio. I did, I thought
1: it,
0: yeah. it, it, it I thought at one point it did become a communication device rather than simply a a monitoring device.
1: And there was the scene where they were in the little their love shack there and the uh there was a hidden camera behind the the, the other picture the and it picture. fell off the wall and then they started to talk to them.
0: Yeah, the one that basically um their love shack i love that term um (laughs) (laughs) they uh they found a room that they thought was safe there were no telescreens in it so they they thought they were getting away with something and um lo and behold the picture behind the picture on the wall was a telescreen and they'd been observing them the whole time and they caught them red-handed blah 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 which is why they proceeded to torture them and you know to be honest the the book is extremely depressing yeah (laughs) um and even at the end, uh, I was reading the Wikipedia thing because some- to some extent, watching the movie, the end of the movie uh, um it's kind of like the end of uh space odyssey two thousand and one you're when you watch the movie, you're kind of going huh i'm not real sure how that ended or what just happened there yeah. um, and the same when I was reading it on uh wikipedia uh it sounds like it it might be just as confusing in the book as well you're not sure if Winston is executed at the end or not. What you are sure of is that he wishes he would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's uh, you know, wow. And, you know, the, the thing that, speaking of tech, um, <laughs> or you know, I, there, I never saw any children. Well, the children we saw in the movie were flashbacks. Uh, no
1: the the uh, next door neighbors children uh, cuz he got turned in by his kids. That's
0: right they were little I could call yeah. them scouts.
1: Yeah and, and they were always in their little the uniforms. uniforms yeah.
0: Yes and they were they were spouting propaganda that's right. Okay now how come here's something that wasn't clear and may not have anything to do with the tech but um how come the neighbors were allowed to be a family and have kids and all he did is have a fling and he got you know tortured and essentially executed. I you don't know. know. You know, like uh,
1: I maybe it was because they were hiding and or, if it was yeah. yeah
0: or maybe they weren't because they weren't married or something I don't know yeah or what well, maybe because it wasn't approved by the party that could have been that's yeah. probably it right there um, yeah. so yeah it's um what one of the things I found interesting or two things I found interesting one of which was him and his lover Julia um, escaped to what was beautiful green pastures forest woods you know i had a little uh, fling out there and i'm like if you can actually walk to such a place why would you ever walk back yeah, I'm yeah. Like, well, no i would just i would rather starve to death in the woods than go back to your job yeah um that that was at least from the movie i i didn't quite understand uh the boundaries the geographical boundaries and and why they existed and why they were respected and why um,
1: yeah i don't know like uh he obviously had to get when he went out there he had to make up a story that he was part of the walking club or something like that he had some something that he said when he was getting on the train to go out to the country that's right um so they probably needed some sort of approval to go out there in the first place. Yeah.
0: The the other thing that totally blew me away, too, is the food. You know, uh, you talk about your cafeteria slop. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There was nothing appealing about that.
0: Nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, prison food is better than that. The, the the bleak surroundings the t- the skimpy servings the slop for lack of a better term it truly was slop um, you know it it really the 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 idea that um, Orwell was predicting a future where um, you, know, you know essentially the t- the t- the only tech in 1984 was all being used for negative things, you know, essentially yeah. surveillance or uh, re- revising history, you know. Uh, All right. Uh, so it, it's kind of a, um, as much as there's not a lot of tech in it, I think it's, the what's telling from this one is the way the tech is used, you know, basically it's being used for evil.
1: One of the things that I did think about his job, um, about how he was re- revising the future, do you find that today with with the internet and with everything that that what that our past is more kind of almost flexible than it was maybe when we were kids?
0: You know that's that is one of the reasons 1984 is a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it raises a lot of issues that you know we are struggling with and will continue to struggle with, and that is definitely one of them. You know, the idea that if the Encyclopedia Britannica is no longer being printed, but is only right. online. Um, I've got to read this. It was actually Rod Roddenberry, I believe, or maybe it was Ken Ray. Anyway, somebody um, recommended a book. What's the name of it? Oh, do I have it handy? Um, I think it's just called The Transparent Society. And uh, where is it called Reality Check? Let me see if I can find it real quick here.
1: Is this uh, a story by uh, Corey Doctorow? No. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe that was part of the conversation as well. I think the one I'm thinking of is Reality Check. Oh, where's the iPad? Anyway, but basically the argument that was supposed to be in that book was the idea that, or maybe i have totally confused where the source came from, that the the, the best counter to um, this idea of revisionist history and, and people changing things and people, even the privacy, the whole privacy thing, is, um, you know, people get concerned when they find out that they're... Um, cell phone company tracks them and can tell you you know every right. website you've visited and and what your bank account number is I mean they have everything um, and the the argument was that's okay the question is what are they doing with it right. um, so the the best counter to um, collecting all that data is transparency with what they're doing with it you know fine go ahead and collect it just let me know what what you're doing with it um, so i think that's one of the things that you know 1984 brings up is that um they were going back and they were controlling the information so tightly that there was no alternate i mean because like even at the like encyclopedia britannica or even you know oh heck mitt romney in the u.s this week released an app and had a misspelling of the word america you know (laughs) what you can't go i mean you talk about revisionists it didn't take long that 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 typo was corrected but do you think that typo will ever go away? No, um, because too many people saw it, captured it, you know, socked it away, stored it various places and whatever. So I think that's one of the ways that uh, we counter that but in the in the movie 1984 the party would, you know, would have had control over all of that. They wouldn't, you would not have been able to uh, keep your own private copy. Matter of fact, um, Winston had a little um, journal uh, right. that he tucked into the wall, which I'm sure, I mean, I couldn't remember how he managed to get away with that, but...
1: Oh, it was, he had a loose brick yeah. that he uh, pulled out and he had, had it hidden in the wall.
0: How did he get away from the cameras, though?
1: Oh, because every time you saw him writing in the book, he he pulled his chair right up to the wall where the where the TV was, mm-hmm. so he was against the wall and the TV couldn't see he him. couldn't see him. He was like in a blind spot, yeah.
0: Cool. So, you know, so it's it's things like that where you know individuals keep some sort of, um, and it doesn't even have to be individuals, but you know there are right. places, alt- alternate places where alternate versions um, are kept. You know, when somebody changes something and, and whatever, I, it, it's the the challenge going forward is going to be figuring out who's right. And we have that problem already. The minute they they invented writing, you know, they always say history is uh, written by the victors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there, there's revisionist history that's been going on for, um, well, forever. <laughs> um, yeah. At least during, during history. And, you know, maybe the electronics, the Internet... Uh, Technology makes that easier, but I also think it might make it easier to spot it and dissect it too, or to argue with it.
1: The thing is, if you have, um, <laughs> if you have everybody has a, uh, the internet available to them, but if nobody uses their brain to think, <laughs> right? That's it. You still just swallow everything, hook, line, and sinker, right? Yep.
0: So. And I think that is exactly the message of 1984. Um, They were not allowed to think. You had to believe um, everything that the party presented to you. Matter of fact, one of the jobs of Winston was to essentially wipe from the face of the planet any record or memory of people who were executed um, for, you know, whatever infraction uh, that the party, you know, couldn't tolerate all right. So not only, do, you know, you, you wouldn't get a notice in the paper saying that, you know, such and such a person was convicted of thought crimes and has been executed for those crimes. Yeah. Um, they'd be executed, and then any record of their birth, life, existence, jobs, family, would just go poof. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just
1: finished reading a book about uh, Genghis Khan, and they were talking about, like, his birthplace in Mongolia, and that when the Soviets had control of that area that uh anybody who did any sort of looking research into the history of Genghis Khan the Soviets would like okay well that's not uh you're obviously uh uh this is a nationalist thing and uh, you're getting away from the party and like these guys essentially would they were put in prison and some of them were executed for just saying hey you know like I don't think maybe Genghis Khan was as bad a guy as we've been led to believe because he did a, a lot of great things. Like, and they were killed for, just like, for about a guy that died, you know, seven hundred years ago and really has nothing to do with anything today. Right. And,
0: and last I heard, I believe his DNA is like in one third of the population of the planet or something. You know. You know, i had uh, I'd
1: heard that, but they didn't mention that at all in this book. And uh, when they talked about his personal life, like it didn't sound like he was uh, running around making babies with like everybody. So, (laughs) and uh, even though he did have many, uh, I don't know how many wives he had, but he's, he had the one wife that he married when, when he was uh, uh, 12 and they, and she was more or less his rock for the whole time. Like um, if you're interested in, in, Genghis Khan. There's a great uh, movie by uh, they made it by the government of Tajikistan, I think. Uh, or where's where's Borat supposed to be from? It was from Kazakhstan. Kaz- it's Kazakhstan that made it, and uh, it's just called Mongol. It's now it's filmed in Tajik or something like that, and it's subtitled in English. But wow, and it's it shows his birth up into the time that he uh, started to unite the tribes, and it it. It's very much, from what I read in this book, it's very close to his life. And uh, it really is a love story about him and, and uh, his wife, Bors- Borshak, I think her name was.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that much about Genghis Khan. I, I'll be the first to confess that. Uh. But knowing wars back then, it may not have been his wife that spread the DNA around. Uh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the victory or the spoils of war. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Anyway, okay, well, tech, as as far as um, Big Brother goes, I think, you know, what, what. there's so many social messages in Big Brother, but if we look at the message that it says about tech, it's basically how um, it can be used to control people, I suppose. Yes. Monitoring. Uh, yeah. And, uh... um, so it does kind of highlight that danger it what I, but i do think it's a, a lopsided picture of the tech too um because i think the same tech that can control people can i mean can also you know everything's got two sides to the coin um so if it can you know control people it can be used to provide information to give people you know uh, something to fight back with um so yeah it's uh, <sighs> Yeah, the good news is, is when 1984 came and went, this is not how we were living.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true. That's that's probably the best thing about the story, yeah. is that even though we see elements of this story in our lives today, that the, major, the vast majority of it has not turned out like this.
0: Yeah, you know, to be perfectly honest, very little of what's in 1984 is part of everyday life. Although, like
1: you see, there were so many things that just like, wow, that's kind of prophetic, and uh, yep, yep. you can see elements of a lot of the stuff in this story in our lives today, though. Yep, yeah, like yeah. from from the surveillance and from uh, uh, revisionist history, and like and the whole thing of like, uh, oh, just go along with it; everything's good, and like, don't speak up, and, you know, you, you can see the dangers of. Of, of, of living that kind of life.
0: Yeah, and the and the, the well, we haven't even mentioned the fact that the backdrop to all of this is is war. Yeah. Um, there's a war going on that's been going on, you know, perpetually, and it, there's right. really no hope of it ever ending, except at the very end of the movie, somehow a great victory has been declared. I don't know that – I think somebody surrendered, but it, I, I didn't – I think get, that was just
1: one specific thing. But, yeah. But there was there was a line, like, uh, you know, about warnings about things that are going on today where he was telling them, of course, we've always been at war. The war is irrelevant, though. Like, the, we have to be at war in order to keep the people under control. And we're like, wow, you know, that's that's scary. And there's a lot of things in – like, there's a lot of wars against – drugs and about you know you know essentially unwinnable wars that we're fighting today that you could just have a long discussion about that right right or wrong
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's and i think that's one of the reasons that 1984 is a classic because it drops a few bombs like that every now and then you know um things that are just so frighteningly raw truth or or um you know uh, raw issue. I don't know what I want to say, but it's it's very. I'm um, going uh, to use the word hot button, but there's there's such an element of of truth to it that's almost timeless, and that has been you know seen for a, quite a long time, probably. But um, you know, sometimes you you just don't really think about it because, like in the in 1984, that's just the way it is, and the, just just the way it's always been, and you know. Yeah okay. <laughs> so yeah, good story, good science fiction, not so much good tech, <laughs> yeah. and the tech that was in there was probably not being used for the greater good, although, you know, it would argue differently. But you know, the one thing we haven't talked about at all, too, is the torture. Yeah. Um, the, I found it quite interesting that the the, the devices... You, the technology of torture essentially went backwards about, oh, I don't know, four or five hundred years. I mean, right. they basically had him up on a rack. Yeah. Um, yeah. It might have added some. Oh, gosh. Matter of fact, uh, Game of Thrones is on this. And this, this is going to be just a tiny spoiler for you, Jeff. But oh. um, the um, Room 101, where Winston is uh, exposed to his absolute worst fears, um, uh, which wound up being rats because of right. what had happened to him in his childhood. And literally, like the week before, you'd seen almost essentially the same uh, device um, used in the Game of Thrones. So you talk about the influence that 1984 has had on other stories. Uh, right. That was one that just absolutely jumped off the uh, the screen at me. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that look, I knew where they got that idea from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, the... the that's that's one thing that I think is um uh, eternal I guess is you know it doesn't take a lot of technology to you know torture people right anyway
1: <laughs> hey, they're still doing it today
0: yeah, no kidding <laughs> I mean literally today yeah. so. well, I think that's it for um this show or this for wrapping up 1984 next time we're going to be talking about Buck Rogers in the 25th century oh my <laughs> that should biggie, be a change of pace <laughs> I, I know nothing about that that's another really yes yeah, oh my see,
1: gosh it's so good
0: yeah see and that's another one that's like just become part of the culture you talk about, Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century, you know, and that kind of stuff, and I and I kind of have a, a a cultural understanding of it, but I haven't actually seen it. You know, um, this is
1: going to channel back to like seven year old Jeff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so. I that, had it.
1: I had a huge crush on Aaron Gray uh-oh. when I was a kid. Oh. Uh oh. Gosh. <laughs> the greatest thing ever.
0: Oh, uh, too cool. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can uh, always check us out at sci Uh And we have a cool new logo out there. I love that thing. Um, or follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. And if you have ideas or comments, you can uh, send those to sci talk at gmail.com. And... We are up on iTunes and would appreciate any reviews you might leave. Good, bad, or otherwise, I don't much care. Reviews are good. Um, So, Jeff, where can folks find you in cyberspace?
1: They can contact me or follow me on Twitter at Broncosire, and that's S-Y-E-R. All
0: right. And I, too, can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L and links to my other blogs, podcasts, and other goings-on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. That's going to do it for this show, and I guess we'll see you in the future.
1: Bye.